Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. All right, Chelsea fans, here we go with part two of the week. If you missed our match review of Cardiff City featuring Gary Hayes of The Athletic, go back and check it out. It was an awesome time chatting to him. But we we, we progress through the week, and as we normally like to do, we do a lot of your social media questions. And I'm excited about this one because by the time you're listening to this, we will be close to playing our first Europa League match of the week. So uh, that'll be, or I guess of the season, not just of the week. So that'll be something different for, for Chelsea and obviously something different for Maurizio Sarri. I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully this episode really leads us into that nicely. Joining me again are Nick and Mike. Gentlemen, thank you for being back. We really appreciate it, especially Mike, as it sounds like you are getting pounded with a heavy rainstorm right now. Well, this is the Pacific Northwest, and uh, we're, we're <laughs> it's not summer anymore, so the rain has cometh, and uh, it's going to be ugly for the next few months. Status quo. Yep. Water is wet. Uh, Nick, you stay dry where where you are at, my man. Obviously, hanging out in the Midwest, nothing but sunshine here for me. Probably the same for you. Beautiful, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I got a little too much sun uh, on Saturday. I am I am a 
I'm a rock lobster, uh, as I would say out east. So, um, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is my life that I'm living right now. Lots of aloe vera. All right. Well, uh, before we get into the social media questions, in case you missed it, we have announced our trip to go back to London. We are super excited. Not only just for us to get to go back and watch Chelsea play at Sanford Bridge, Nick, we are excited to again invite all of our friends, our listeners, friends of listeners, family of listeners, anybody who wants to go see Chelsea, an amazing opportunity to go and check out Chelsea. Not one match, but two matches this season, right? Correct. Uh, For those who have been waiting for this news, we know it's been... uh a little longer than we wanted to to release uh, our trip details, but we're going back for the fourth time uh, with our partner XL Tours. Uh, really excited to go back from the 28th of December to the 2nd of January, spending the New Year holiday in London, which is, you know, from all reports, uh, one of the best uh, cities in the world to ring in the New Year. We're going to get to see Chelsea play at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace and against Southampton at home at the uh, friendly confines of Stamford Bridge. Uh, You will be staying at the Chelsea Hotel. It's a wonderful experience that XL Tours has put together. Uh, Plenty of beers with us, probably a live podcast, uh, probably other shenanigans and adventures uh, to to go on. Uh, But if you have been thinking about going over to Stamford Bridge with us, this is your moment. Um, we, We tried to arrange it around a holiday, so there was an extra, you know, potentially day of, of, paid leave or PTO that you can um, that you can take without having to, to burn too much of your vacation time. So we just thought it'd be a great time uh, to do this trip. And we really were looking forward to uh, to seeing an away match this time. You know, our previous three experiences have all been at Stanford Bridge, have all been uh, really great, but we wanted a little to, to spice it up a little bit uh, different this time. So really, really excited to go back from the from the 28th to the 2nd and um and do this so uh, key details go to our website londonsbluepodcast.com uh that will give you all the information that you need to make a decision and a link to register with the xl tours group uh other things that are available are a payment plan if you see the price and you're like wow that's a lot for for a one-time you know kind of fee with my bank account then we have the ability to space it out over the next few months so that it's less of an immediate hit uh, there's also the option if you're listening to this podcast and want to uh, gift this as a as a holiday uh, gift and uh, experience, then you have the ability to uh, to sign up that way. Uh, and then we also have the ability to take on special requests. So uh, DM us or email us if you want to do another experience while you're in London, and and maybe XL Tours can. Uh, source some tickets for a different kind of event for you or if you want to go see another Premier League match or if you you know whatever it can be that isn't listed on the itinerary if you have questions about it DM us and we'll we'll take care of uh, uh, getting you in touch with the XL Tours group and, and see what we can do there so I'm gonna stop rambling we're obviously really excited about this our trips are freaking epic uh Brandon, anything more to add? No, I would just clarify if you're thinking of, you know, tickets for uh, theater, ballet, concerts, museum tours, what be it, XL Tours can help source that for you. They live there, they work from there, they can get everything, uh, you know, at a rate that's, you know, much better than tourists trying to source it on their own because there's a lot of pitfalls. So again, uh, go to the website, check it all out. It's going to be amazing. 
Jumping right in, we do have a question from Akshay on Patreon saying, just how much fun could this season be if we get football like yesterday? Mike, obviously we spent a lot of the last podcast kind of ranting and raving about, you know, how much this plays to our attacking trio strengths, about how we have this rock solid midfield, uh, about how just this new style and everything is is so much more attacking and, and forward focus. Just real quickly, on a scale of one to the best thing ever, how much fun could this season be? Uh, it has to be close to the best thing ever. Um, we, we've started off seasons well, and we've won lots of games, but the feelings that I have watching this team play is just pure joy. And I think, you know, I, I look, it, it's exciting. You know, I, I'm happy to look forward to stuff, and it, it's not those, like, grinding out a one nothing win. With it, you know, the team's having fun, we're having fun, and this i think if we we're all being honest with ourselves um to be at this point with how little time sorry had to get ready for the season i it just blows my mind nick where are you where are you standing it's a hell of a lot of fun i'll put it that way i mean you know especially after you know last season kind of took a negative turn it's nice to see a lot of smiling uh, around the bridge nice to see that the fans are aligned um and kind of the mission that Maurizio Sarri has. Um, you know, I, I think just like anything else, I, I just preach patient, patience. I mean, the odds that Chelsea, you know, go 39-0 for the year uh, are, are, are none. So there will be tough moments. There will be challenges. But in, in moments where you can win easily 4-1 in a match in the Premier League, just take it and enjoy it and, and you know, when things get tough, remember these moments because they're really fun and really great. And we had a hat trick hero, so you know we're, I'm, I'm just really excited about the progression that we're seeing early, knowing that the league's about to get a lot harder for us. So you're saying there's a chance that we'll go 39 and 0? Saying there's a hey chance, baby. Write it down no, now. I am not saying there's a chance. I wonder what the odds on that would be. All right, we have a question from Brendan Morris, also on Patreon, saying, any news on Roman's situation with the club and the stadium redevelopment? Also, should I buy an Alonzo away kit? Now, unfortunately, I haven't read or heard of anything about Roman's situation and, and the stadium redevelopment. I believe it is back on track-ish. But to your question about should you buy an Alonzo away kit, now, now Brendan, I my have been confused for a Brendan, and I don't take it the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> but I also did just receive an Alonzo away kit. So if you're asking should you do it, I we you and I already confused a lot. I don't know if... We should be that similar and everything. But if you do get it, you will be very, very happy, especially with the way Alonzo is playing. And the yellow? Tasty. It is perfect. So actually going to be releasing a video un- un- unboxing all of the or the Chelsea's home and away kits coming at you guys. So I'll answer a lot of your questions there. Um, all right, moving on to some more. Uh, the big question uh, coming into this, Mike, is rotational depth. We have Europa League coming this Thursday. Pub Football on Instagram saying Europa League, West Ham, and Liverpool twice in the coming fixtures. How do you think Sari will rotate the team, if at all? And do you see the Liverpool game as a benchmark for the rest of the season? Uh, other people jumping in on this, uh, William Thompson uh, um, from a week ago on Patreon talking about uh, is Victor Moses going to come back in? He hasn't even been in the squad lately. Obviously, Mishi's gone. We're down to two strikers. Uh, wh- you know, 
squad depth is huge. Eric Barnes on Patreon talking about Ahmed on Instagram. Where's Victor Moses? Is he far out and done being in the contention for playing regularly? How many of those guys do you think that we are going to see come Thursday in Greece? I think we're going to see a good amount. I, I think we're about to start seeing some real uh, rotation within the squad. Um, I think we're going to take Europa seriously, but I th- definitely think this is going to be a proving ground. I'm I'm hoping to see, you know, Ampadu and Moses and, and all the guys who are killing themselves and working hard in practice. Uh, so I'm excited in that aspect. Um, you know, as far as the, the Liverpool, you know, what does that mean? What will we see? I think... <sighs> That's a tough question because obviously um, in the cup game, I don't think we're going to see either of the best squads. Um, Although I wouldn't mind us going uh, strong at that, knocking them out and continuing on because I think it's important for sorry to get multiple cups this season. Um, But I'm kind of taking it as we're starting, we're implementing the system. So regardless of how we play against Liverpool or not, um, I think it has no bearing on the rest of the season because we're just going to continue to improve. And I think we'll probably, you know, we'll concede and uh, it might not be our best game. But overall, I mean, we saw drink water on the bench yesterday. So anything's possible. I expect to see Moses and some of the other guys come Thursday. So, Nick, here are some names of people you might have forgotten play for Chelsea. And maybe they'll play on Thursday, but you have Victor Moses, your boy, who we all know, uh, Zappacosta, Christensen, Cahill, Ampadu, Emerson, Fabregas, Drinkwater, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and even Callum Hudson-Odoi, all on the roster, all almost maybe a little bit forgotten. Yeah, I mean... uh you almost named a full squad, full squad of players there that could you know that could be our squad moving forward in, in other competitions in the Premier League. Um, to, to me, I mean, it's obvious that Kovacic will not play on Thursday. It's pretty obvious to me that Eden Hazard shouldn't have to play on Thursday. Um, you know, it's it's obvious that I think Murata probably needs to take this moment and make it his own. It's pretty obvious to me that Jorginho has been playing week in, week out for a really long time and could probably use a break. Is Ethan Ampadu the solution there? Maybe. Uh, is Barkley the solution there? Maybe. Um, and Golo Conte, give that man all the rest that he can get because he does three people's jobs on the pitch. Uh, and then when you look at the back line, yeah, why wouldn't you give Dave and Rudiger and uh, you know potentially Louise and... Uh, Marcus Alonso, who has been running like a madman all season, minutes. Uh, you know, why, why wouldn't you give them a little bit of rest and give Emerson and, and Cahill and, and Christensen or, or some combination thereof that, you know, maybe Rudiger and Christensen get to see the, the pairing that they finally desire, you know, that, that a lot of fans think is the best that we have. I, I think there's going to be a balance on Thursday probably that we, we'll get into at the, at the last part of this piece that is experience and uh, youth and so yeah I'd love to see Callum Hudson Adoy man I really would um, and I think this is a, a match in a weird tough environment in Greece that could be crazy uh, good for him you know but uh, yeah I think the rotation between the FA Cup between the Carabao Cup and between the Europa League will ensure that the rest of the squad who are not our Premier League 11 Uh, get plenty of minutes 
I think a lot of people are hoping that, especially at the Carabao and the Europa League, that they are considered lesser competitions, that Chelsea will be able to play essentially a second 11 and not have to worry about the drop-off in kind of quality or potentially getting knocked out really early because our second 11 should be able to play at that level. Uh, From Sarri's standpoint, I think that he is going to look at this as an opportunity to rotate quite a bit. But to me, I'm really interested to see if it's going to be three guys or nine guys. Um, And and we're going to find out here really soon and see what Maurizio's kind of uh, style and and view on that is. Um, But as we look ahead, as we continue down this line of questions, Dylan Brown on Instagram saying, who do you think will be the captain this season? And then at... Georgie Giorgio on Twitter saying, who do you think will be our captain? It's pretty straightforward, Nick. I know Sari eluded the question in his pre-match conference because he said he would decide after the international break. Nothing public has been said. He said he was going to tell the players first. Do you essentially just assume it's ASP based off of the Cardiff City match? Or do you think it still might be someone else like Ed Nazard? I don't know. I mean, I think we all have our different preferences on the show. Uh, I think he would have, you know, he would have made an, an official announcement. So I don't think maybe anything's really been decided yet. Um, because after the international break could be, it could be Saturday or, or it could be November. <laughs> right. Like um, I think more people expect it to be sooner rather than later. But uh, my pick is personally Aspie. Um, you know, I think he, has has played the vice captain role for um, a couple of years now, and I think is is a guy who's well qualified to to take on that role. I know a lot of people want it to be Eden Hazard, and I wouldn't be mad about that either. You know, I think that you know he's certainly playing at a really really high level right now, and you know if if he wants, you know, I think the whole thing is if he wants that additional responsibility of being the captain and you know a, a true leader on the pitch instead of a creative playmaker. Um, then, then you give it to him. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, again, that wouldn't be my pick, but you know, I would be happy with either solution, Mike. Yeah, you know, I I gotta say, um, I don't agree with either because, uh, as we know or we've we've heard, there's a potential it's going to be JT because Captain Leader Legend is coming home. Oh, he's back. That's right. So, That's right. Uh, no, I, <laughs> you know, jokes aside, I I'm looking forward to JT coming back, hopefully in a coaching role. But I, I think you keep it with Dave, my personal pick. I would love to see Eden wearing it and continuing to score, you know, 25, 30 goals. But I think Dave is going to take on the additional responsibilities of getting in the referees' faces and, um, you know, just marshalling a little bit more effort from the back and letting Eden just focus on scoring. Brandon, your preference? I say what a nice thing to do. Just let Eden score. Let him only worry about putting the bat, the ball in the back of the net. Um, as we continue again, I, you know, Dylan also asking how, how nice of you, Mike, to say, will John Terry return to the bridge and what was role B? Well, conveniently, it just came out that he turned down his opportunity to play in Moscow. He also is admitted to being at Chelsea doing some coaching, but he says he, he still wants to play one more season. I think that if he does come back, it will naturally be in a coaching role with the academy. Um, I think that he can join anyone on a free, 
So I still think that if someone gets an early injury in the championship or something like that, he could be quick to join another team. Um, I, I feel like he doesn't really seem like he's ready to call it quits yet, but at the same time, he's very selective on who, if anyone, he would join. Um, Nick, do you think that there's any other uh, options? I mean, look, he's not, he can't play a high line. He's not going to play in sorry ball system. I just don't see him coming back in any playing capacity at Chelsea. No, he's, he's there to do badges and train. Um, and, and, you know, anytime he wants to come back open arms, um, we're, we're so excited to have his presence back at the club for however long it's going to be there. Uh, you know, I still think Derby County's on the table. I, mean, I think the dynamic between John and Frank are probably, you know, they'd have to work out how how that would look and and you know uh, deal uh, with with kind of different dynamics than when they were playing together. But you know, if if you're Frank and you could bring on that kind of personality to help you get into the championship playoff, then you do it. And uh, you know, I think that would just. <laughs> that would be a dream scenario for so many Chelsea fans who are invested in Frank and, and Mason Mount and the whole Derby County project. So really, uh, I, I look to that as a potential solution. But while he's at Chelsea, you know, let's just have him impact the team with his mentality and his work ethic and make sure that everyone feels that again. I think if Dan was here, Dan would say... After we go, or as we're going thirty nine and L, <laughs> we would uh, sign John. <laughs> we would sign John <laughs> towards the end of this. We bring him on as a coach, and then we would uh, sign him for the last few games. Um, so yeah, you've heard it here. Wow, bold predictions. I like it. Uh, our our friend of the pod, Eric Quick Shot CFC on Instagram, saying, "How many hat tricks does it take for Eden to sign a new contract?" I mean, Mike, we we've got one. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't take more than two hat tricks to get that signature. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. And I think if we choose to focus on um, not being happy until Eden signs a long-term contract, I think it's really going to color the way that this season goes. And the way I see it is, you know, as Gary was mentioning, we've got two years with Eden. Um, I, I, I imagine that the club will see out those two years. And I think we should enjoy every moment of watching Eden um, play the way he is and, 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 you know, loving the game and just, you know, knocking in five goals in five matches. Don't worry about the contracts because, you know, th- nothing, there's nothing we can do. And if anything, maybe more goals might not even might make it more difficult. So we'll see, but I, I wouldn't even worry about contracts. It will work itself out. And, you know, either way, um, you know, I, I didn't mention this in the first part, but even if Eden leaves after having an outstanding season, it's just, it helps, it helps the club because what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to, you know, hopefully have a lot of money and go to somebody, a new talent and say, look, look, what, look what sorry can do for us. Uh, and we want to make you the next Eden. So, you know, overall, I'm not worried about it. I, it's going to happen if it's going to happen. What are your thoughts, Brandon? I think that, we should freak out and assume the worst. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look to uh, to me, it's uh, that's that's my kind of <laughs> that's my kind of thinking right there, baby. No, I mean, obviously, we all want Eden to stay, uh, and we want Eden to be amazing. So let's hope that uh, you know he really, really enjoys uh, the playing style under Maurizio, and you know it's a, it's an easy decision for him because Chelsea have gone out and signed really good players. If he continues to have success with Giroud. 
Um, there's just a lot of momentum, I think, that uh, that Chelsea can build on to help keep Eden happy. I mean, the good news is he, he's a stable guy and he likes that part of it. So, you know, we have a lot going for us um, with Eden. Back to the discussion of our midfield three, because again, this is the big discussion really with who that third person is or do we rotate uh, but at Yarek underscore Casca saying on Twitter, is Sari trying to push Barkley to become a second Jorginho? He is giving him a lot of time. He likes the trust. Is this a new Chelsea philosophy? But then you get into Ryan Stuberg on Instagram, Kovacic versus Barkley, but he still wants Ruben Loftus cheat to come in. Uh, Buddy CL, if RLC would not have been hurt, do you think Barkley would have still been on the option? E Barlow, we're essentially talking through the depth chart right at this point our midfielders work so hard nick we know that we're going to have to sub at least one of them towards the end of the match the question is who comes on first i feel like is the bigger discussion barkley versus ruben um and kind of where do you think Maurizio is leaning at this point i think he leans barkley because barkley's been there for the entire preseason and he's had more time with him uh, everybody's hope at the club is that Ruben turns it on and makes himself uh, impossible to leave out of the squad, right? Like, impossible. Um, he hasn't done that yet, and we've, we've talked about Ruben a lot this season so far, and, and for good reason. But, you know, Barkley's clearly impressing uh, Maurizio Sarri. So, to me... I think the question becomes, you know, are they playing different roles? If they're competing against each other, that, you know, that, I think that is a it's a difficult scenario scenario for both of them to be in. Uh, if they, you know, if if uh, Jaroslav is right and we're, you know, we're seeing a, a move for for Barkley to be more in the Jorginho role than uh, than to take over for Kovacic, then maybe there's a scenario where they both play, but. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, and and I think that's just you know maybe a little bit of of wishful thinking to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I, I would say the the one thing that slightly has me disappointed is that you know just the little bit of uh, issues that we do have with RLC is the the injuries, uh, you know, and once again he goes away you know, for England duty and comes back with a foot injury and, you know, perfect game in which he might've found himself playing and he's missing it due to that injury. So I really hope that, um, Ruben's fitness, if he can just keep it at a super, super high level, because, you know, the same thing happened at Crystal Palace. He was having a fantastic loan. And then, you know, that got ended with another injury. I, I think that's the, that's my biggest worry of his position. Um, and, you know, either way, I, I do I do think that Gary had a, a good point in which I would not mind seeing, you know, maybe for some of our Europa matches of having maybe Fabregas come and sit in Jorginho's spot, maybe put Ruben, you know, where Mateo is, and then trying out Barkley on the right uh, further up, maybe for a William or a Pedro. I think that might be an interesting look. All right. Good news. We got options. I <laughs> Chopping and changing right now. Again, I really think that the Europa League is going to help us get an idea of A, squad depth, and B, get minutes to those people who need them so they can get match sharp and they can be uh, a really solid threat coming off the bench. 
All right, here we go. We have more, more conversation about the right wing spot. Uh, Arona underscore Hazard's magic balances out Louise's awfulness. He gave away the free kick that led to Cardiff scoring. What do you guys think about Odoi taking that right wing spot over Pedro and William? And then at Paretsky A saying, do you think Kepa looks confident enough? How many goals do you think Hazard will score in EPL? Defensive lapses. Uh, again, uh, I think this um, at P underscore blue saying, I feel like there's 10 to 15 minute window each match where I lose our focus and concede. Um, I, you know, when we talk about Keppa and the defensive maybe lapses, to me, it, it, and, and we bring in this because Arona's talking about David Luiz's awfulness a little bit harsh. To me, what I think it is, is because we're so attacking and we're so on the front foot, Maurizio's teams will naturally probably be less defensive minded. Like David Luiz. Like our wing back, our not even wing backs, but our outside backs are playing like wing backs, and that will put our center backs in tough positions for them to deal with. And that's what's happening with David Luiz. He's being put in one on one situations out wide, which is not where a center back wants to be. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, I feel like Maurizio's style of play will always kind of give you less focus on the defending and maybe not the best shape at all times with that high line. So again, to me, I feel like that's a little bit of a trade-off between having the amazing fluid attack, uh, heavy possession oriented style of play. Uh, Mike, is that how you kind of read the situation right now, especially with like the David Luiz and the Keppa and, and the kind of defensive shape that we've had? A hundred percent. You know, I, for me, it's a team game and, it, and it's about winning. So if, if we are, you know, we've, we've shifted Conte's role, we've, we've gone more attacking. And if that means that we're going to concede a goal in each match, that, I mean, that is the reality, but we're seeing the return of three or four goals as well. And I think, you know, um, this is where we were talking about it before FIFA, like screw the stats. Don't worry about clean sheets unless those clean sheets are affecting, you know, how many points you're walking away from the match. And if we're going to attack, it's going to leave us a little bit vulnerable and we're just, you know, this year we're not going to worry about, you know, one, nothing wins. We're going to enjoy some four, one, you know, shootouts and I'm excited and I'm a defender and I'm okay with conceding. If it means that we're going to have beautiful attacking football because end of the day, that's all that matters is that we're scoring. Um, you know, too often we had situations where, in the past couple of years, we were we were conceding very very few goals, but we weren't able to score either. So, you know, once a goal went in, it was very hard for us to get two goals back. So I think, you know, this is kind of like in your movies where somebody gets punched in the mouth, and you, you know, they scored in the twentieth minute. We wiped a little bit of blood from our our lip, and just smiled, and we're like, let's bring it on, you know, let's do this because we know that with the the attackers that we have that Cardiff wasn't going to keep us from scoring for 70 minutes. And I think that's the difference between maybe this year and last year. And, you know, again, if we're going to attack, we're going to concede, but that's okay. Nick, what do you think about the kind of trade-off between defensive organization and offensive just being so lethal? Everything is cyclical. I mean, City and Liverpool both give up goals and no one, you know, really talks about that, you know, at, at the length that we've been talking about our, you know, some of our silly mistakes. So, um, you know, it's, it's what, it's what, uh, style of football you prefer. Right. 
you know, last year when, you know, we were really, really defensively solid, you know, in, in, in patches, which, you know, I'll, uh, let me take the 16-17 season as a better example. When we were winning 1-0 on, on 13 in a row, n- no one was really complaining about the style of football because we were winning, right? It was very defensive. It was locked down, and we had a couple of moments of magic each game that, you know, we would typically score goals. You know, there are a lot of people who'd prefer to see a 4-3 win for Chelsea, and it's because it's a little bit more exciting. There are more goals, more attacking influence. So whatever style of football you like, uh, you're kind of viewing this Chelsea team through that prism. Chelsea right now are playing a free-flowing, possession-oriented style of football. Uh, I think it's really fun to watch. Uh, but I really, you know, I'm, I love a, a really solid defensive performance, too. So some of the silly errors are annoying me. I know a lot of people feel opposite of me on that. So, again, it's just whatever prism you prefer. This team is going to be fun to watch all year, though. And, and maybe that's the difference from last year. No, it's, I don't think we're going to have any concerns about uh, the entertainment side of it, which is good, right? I mean, Chelsea been rebranding, saying we're thrilling. You know, it's an experience. So... Hopefully we live up to that a lot more this season. Uh, uh, so this one's actually just kind of funny. Uh, from at <laughs> Kanye underscore West underscore Ham saying, how come all the Norwegians are dominating your fantasy Premier League league so hard with only Norwegians in the top three? So, hey, credit where credit is due. Uh, disclaimer, I joined in week four. So <laughs> I'm coming from behind. But if I keep putting Ed Nazar as my captain, it won't be long before I'm knocking on the door. Uh, I just feel like I I got a lot of momentum going for me. Uh, All right, last one we have up today is at Chelsea underscore mate saying, could Kepa have done better on that goal? It feels like his reflexes aren't that sharp. Um, Get him, Brandon. Get him. No, there's no need, right? I mean, um, no, I would say, like, just the the situation, he's moving from front post to far post, uh, so he's moving laterally. Bamba is coming in flying and uh, realistically the the defender needs to make it harder for him that was a free header essentially at the top of the six um, not a whole lot he can do except just try to get big uh, you know I, I know that Kepa's kind of been questioned with some of the goals we've been given up um, to be fair a lot of the goals that we have given up we've been giving attackers way too much kind of time and space very close to the goal and when you're that close and it's all point blank, it's uh, it's pretty much impossible. Uh, you know, it, Ben Foster gave up a goal against United uh, for Watford, where um, you know uh, Chris Smalling essentially turned and volleyed it from inside the six. It went six inches away from his face, but he didn't even react to it because it just happened so fast. So, to me, it's just a matter of uh, you know close proximity. It's it's pretty much impossible to get a reaction at that point he's just trying to get as big as he can and and hope something hits him so uh to me again it just comes down to the amount of space there our opposing attackers are getting inside and around the six yard box but nick and and mike feel free to jump in with other perspectives not that they count but you can at least (laughs) hey hey now uh only kidding I will say that um i think that the the one angle on tv was a little bit unfair to keppa um, you know, I think between slowing things down and, and watching it, it kind of looked like it hung up there for him to maybe come out to grab. But I think when you look at it in real time and from from the other angles, it was a, a ball that was well whipped in and he basically ran free on goal. So um, I don't think there's anything much that Kepa could have done had he not 
you know, had the defender not kicked it straight into him. Yeah, it was it was just poor marking. Yeah, that that goal is not on Keppa. That that goal is on I think it was Jorginho um, letting Bamba run through. So, you know, I, again, I think that maybe one of the Arsenal goals you could have put a little bit more blame on Keppa for, but this one zero. I mean, it, there's just no time to react in that scenario. Yeah, zonal marking out. Agreed. I cannot agree with that more. <laughs> all right. I can get on board with that, too. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for your questions. As always, if you want to make sure it gets asked, you can join up uh, on our Patreon. That is a huge perk for all of the people yeah. who donate to us. Um, but for the rest of you, again, just a huge, huge shout-out of appreciation for engaging and you know helping us pre- create better content. Uh, but we are going to go ahead and move on to the match preview. But real quick, Nick... Man, we've got our discount code for all of our listeners out there. Correct. Uh, World Soccer Shop. Uh, we've extended that um, agreement with them for parts of our for parts of our uh, our promo code. So we have ten percent off using the code London Pod on WorldSoccerShop.com. So if you're there and you're you know perhaps buying a, a Mark Alonzo away kit, uh, you know our buddy uh, in in the previous question referenced that. Uh, you can um, use the 10% off code for the total amount of the, the shirt. You can apply it towards extra customization. You can think about paying for shipping. Uh, there are a bunch of different things you can do, but it's our gift to you. If you're out there buying Chelsea gear, go to worldsoccershop.com. Use our code to get 10% off and, and save yourself a few bucks. Why not? All right. Love it. Well, here we go. So I don't totally know how to correctly pronounce this team's name, but it's an all cap. So I'm just going to say... P-A-O-K-F-C in Greece. Going to be a Europa League match, first one of the season, at the Tumba Stadium. It'll be this coming Thursday, September 20th. Again, the the only question really for me, guys, and, and for our listeners that we've gotten, you know, from at stuff, Sab says, is will this, will Sari's selection on Thursday be an indicator about his squad management skills? Last year, Conte didn't rest players midweek. And we paid for that. How can we improve our zonal defending? I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about zonal defending. We already <laughs> said that. But to me, again, is it just an, an indicator for you guys about how uh, you know Maurizio Sarri is planning on rotate his squad? One thing that people said about his time at Napoli is that he didn't rotate his squad, but that was specifically because he didn't have the depth to rotate it. So, Nick... Um, I know we've kind of talked about how much we're expecting it too, but do you think that this one match is going to be indicative of sorry squad management for the rest of the season? No, <laughs> I, I think it will change and evolve over time. I mean, it, it's, it's it, to me, it's one thing to go to Greece in a really crazy atmosphere. I don't know if you guys have all seen the videos from, uh, you know, I think it was one of their derby matches last year where the whole stadium was basically lit up in flares. I mean, this thing is going to be – the atmosphere is going to be super intense, and I, you know, I think Chelsea should easily cruise to a victory here um, based on the, the gap in talent. But, uh, yeah, a Europa League match away at a crazy atmosphere versus a Carabao Cup match at home versus an FA Cup match at home or you know away – uh, I think all these scenarios are different. Sorry, will select the the team that he thinks probably will balance his squad out a little bit, give key players some rest, and you know, the, also still win the game, which is the objective, right? If if his if his objective at Napoli was to win every game, then he's going to pick the squad that he thinks can do that. 
without you know necessarily killing Eden Hazard and N'Golo Conte by playing them in 65 matches in a season. So that I mean, I think it's just a balance we're looking for, Matt or Matt Mike. Sorry, I had Matt down here in the script. Um, that we're that we're gonna look at a team that's balanced. We're probably not gonna do 11 changes, but we're probably gonna rest the players that that need to be rested because we know you know Liverpool is on the horizon. Uh, in two weeks twice you know yeah you know I think in a lot of a lot of situations you look at the idea of okay this is Europa League they're probably going to get a B squad I I actually feel bad for Greek opponents because you have a ton of players who have been working really hard and they're hungry and I I feel like we're going to go in there and and these dudes who've been working their asses off under sorry and finally get 90 minutes they're going to smash they're going to smash them uh, I'm I'm calling a five-one win right now, but whoa, I, whoa. no, but I mean, but think about it. These like, I think Sari has done such a good job of keeping people hungry. He's, I mean, you look at the difference between last year and this year. He's effectively using substitutes around the 60th minute. He's giving people 30 minutes at times to change him uh, to change the match, giving them time to get in there instead of the you know like oh it's the 85th minute why don't I use a substitute you know so. I think that this is this is what these players have been working hard for. This is what a Mo, a Moses has been working hard for. This is what, you know, uh, Hudson Adoy, uh, Ampadu, everyone who's been showing up and putting in shifts, they're waiting for these opportunities. And I, I feel bad for, for our opponents because I almost think that some of our starters might not have their, you know, be ready to put their foots to the throats because they would be kind of, downshifting a little bit whereas these guys are they're going out to show they're, they're going to go show their manager what they can do and this is their shot so i expect to see hopefully a fantastic match you know i had some interesting questions uh from Bar, uh from brian on twitter and malu jedi one on instagram saying what is it going to take for christensen to start a match same thing is callum hudson adoy even going to feature on the bench and the same thing goes with ampadu do you think that with that being said, Nick, and, and then on the opposite end of Nick Crater on Instagram saying, should Hazard even travel to Greece because maybe he needs a rest, getting some of the youth players in, and then our friend Brett on Patreon saying, do you think that Sari is going to leave key players in London? Um, he's biased because he's going to West Ham away and he wants to see those guys play. So Brett, have a ton of fun. Safe travels, my man. Um, Chelsea Youth, I just saw on Twitter, is saying they thinks he thinks that Sarri's going to go there, get the three points, so that he can play, get essentially qualification locked up early, and then we can play the younger guys. But here's the problem. Those are considered meaningless minutes. When those young players have to go out, but they know that at the end of the day, if we lose, it's not a big deal, that changes the circumstances. To me, I want these squad players and these youth players to go play in high pressure situations where losing matters, where the tension is high, where the stress level is high and they have to go out and perform. To me, I just think that at the end of the day, that's what Sari really has to capture for these guys. Otherwise, non-competitive minutes doesn't mean anything. Amen to that. I agree with that. And, and, and I think the, you know, if I was a player who hasn't featured regularly yet, I think the thing I would look for you know, because I've been working so hard in training and because I'm trying to prove myself is I want sorry to trust me in these types of moments. 
right? If I'm a Callum Hudson Adoy, I wanna I wanna look at what Eden Hazard did on on Saturday and say, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go do that to our Greek opposition. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you that level of production because I'm better than them and you can trust me to to take care of these three points for you. You know, same with Ethan Ampadu. You just saw me play, you know, for Ryan Giggs in Wales and, and look like an absolute world beater in the, you know, kind of Jorginho type pivot role. So now, you know, give me the chance to do that to our Greek opposition here. Like, give me the opportunity to prove it. And and I would want that trust in, in, a, in a match that does have something on the line. And, you know, what those players then do, let's pretend that, you know, we have five changes or six changes and it's some of the cast of characters we talked about earlier. What that does for those players is gives them extra motivation uh, and and the license to express themselves rather than maybe what under Conte they, they did last year was, you know, shrink away because there was too much pressure and not enough trust. So I think there has to be a balance between the two. And, you know, let's just hope that an Ampadu and a, and a hudson Adoy and a Barkley and a Fabregas and a Christensen, maybe, maybe those are the five, that they all uh, take their moment and really do something special with it. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think too often you went we went with the Jose Mourinho uh, method of oh this is important let me start all my starters and then it didn't go well and you know we got knocked out of cup competitions or you know you don't get the best results so there's no time for those youth players to come in because you know we're we're going to the end of the match or the the end of the group stage still needing points so you know why not there's there's five more matches after this. So why not go, you know, give everybody a rest, see what people can do and kind of, you know, uh, vet those players in real situations because we, we might need them uh, for much bigger competition for the, for the, the season. And, and Brett, have yourself a ball at West Ham, man. <laughs> Again, like just do your thing. <laughs> enjoy the bubbles all right well that is going to go ahead and wrap us up for this episode again thanks everyone for the questions fantastic stuff again we expect the discussion to be about how much squad rotation is going to happen for this europa league game again get in touch with us email social media however you want we'd love to continue this conversation leading up to thursday but that's going to do it for us this week Really looking forward to uh, kind of seeing Sari in Europe uh, with Chelsea, even though it is Europa League. Still think there's a lot of, of potential for the team there. So, again, it's going to be a fun day out. Uh, I hope that uh, any fans traveling uh, stay safe, have fun. As Nick mentioned, crazy scenes from videos that we have seen there. But uh, that's it. That's going to wrap us up again for this week, Chelsea fans. Really, really appreciate all of you listening in. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.